You're listening to Measured Thoughts on Business Radio. Powered by the Wharton School. Sirius XM 111. Here again is David Reebstein. Welcome back. This is Measured Thoughts with Dave Reepstein. I'm Dave Reepstein, and you're listening to Business Radio powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 111. And I'm sitting here with Sunil Betty, who is uh, joining me here in the San Francisco studio. And Sunil. Beautiful weather. Beautiful weather. Interesting first segment that we had. Very interesting, especially because we talked to uh, uh, the CMO of Sixers last week. Uh, And it was sort of. You know, they've got a parallel thing going on, but coming from totally different places. Totally different backgrounds. You know, the, 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 not just different backgrounds, but backgrounds of teams, I That's guess. That's what I mean and, to say, yeah. yeah. And, boy, the Sixers are on the rise, and, and, you know, the Warriors have just been rolling. They've been rolling and rolling. So what great positions to Absolutely. be in, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we could take one of the seller teams and have them on the air next, but, <laughs> but I don't know if they'd have quite the energy that, uh, that we've got going, but I've got to tell you that, um, we've got a very interesting segment, uh, that we've got right now. And, uh, we have joining us Lisa Haggerty, who is the ads measurement, uh, lead at Pinterest. And I will tell you, I met Lisa, it was like 10 days ago for the, for the first time. And I was at the Marketing Science Institute trustees meeting, and I had the fortune of sitting next to uh, Lisa at lunch. She started talking about what she was doing, and I said, Lisa, I need to get you on the program. And sure <laughs> enough, you know, she, uh, she's agreed, and she's with us uh, right now. So Lisa, welcome. Glad to have you on the program. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. Uh, so I'm very excited that you could be here. And as I said at lunch, I said, I'm going to be in San Francisco. You're there. Come join me in the studio. And you didn't hesitate. You said, I'll be there. And, and I think that's great. Yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity. Um, it was so fun to chat with you and other academics and other practitioners in the marketing science space. And I thought, hey, this is a, a, a great group of people I want to get to know better. So the marketing science space is part of where it is that you play if we call work play, but I think if this is what you're doing for your job, it is sort of play. <laughs> Give us some of your background and, uh, and, and tell us a little bit more about what it is you really do for Pinterest. So your background and what you do for Pinterest. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I can answer both questions with one simple sentence. You know, I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> you know, my background is very nerdy and what I do at Pinterest is very nerdy, but also very fun. Um, so as long as I can remember, I was into really nerdy things, math, puzzles, um, breaking things, fixing things, figuring things out. Um, you know, I was very lucky that my um, parents um, moved us from the south side of Chicago to a really good school district in the suburbs of Chicago when I was um, a kid, like right about to go into kindergarten, um, which was a great springboard. You know, just having like a great education um, growing up was amazing because many members of my family did not get that chance. Um, and I was lucky to get into Northwestern for undergrad. Um, I majored in economics and psychology, um, really interested in both topics, love the quantitative side of economics and the quantitative side of psychology, as well as just kind of the human aspect of it. Yeah, so actually, my background, by the way, is when I was getting my doctorate, it was in marketing, but it was primarily multivariate statistics and econometrics with a minor in consumer behavior. Wow. So it's that psychology, economic side, very parallel to uh, to what it is that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, very similar. So very, very similar. And then Pinterest, when did you start working with Pinterest? So I've been working there for about six months only. Um, before that, I was working um, at OMD, a media agency. So that was kind of my first real foray into digital marketing. Um, before that, I was working at a direct marketing agency. And before that, I was working in management consulting, 
But these are all just different words for the same thing. Um, analysis, quantitative analysis, writing code, telling a story with data, doing data visualization, and ultimately making recommendations about how um, advertisers should be spending their money. And I'm assuming that the world knows Pinterest, but just for those <laughs> few people, um, what is Pinterest and, and, and what do they do? Pinterest is a visual search engine you could say some people would call it a social media website but it's basically an area of the web where you can pin images and collect ideas and organize your life and design your life um, through visuals so um, it's similar to an Instagram or a snapchat or a Facebook but Pinterest is a little bit more about you and maybe less about how you want to come across to the world Pinterest is really that safe space on the internet for you to pin ideas about what you want to wear, what you want to look like, what you want your house to look like, trips you want to take, things like that. So I can understand having a diary mm -hmm. or having my own album that I want to be keeping. Um, but this is one where you take those pictures and you share them. Yeah, you can share them. You can keep them secret. Um, you can um, be an influencer sort of on Pinterest or like, you know, we we're just talking about um, basketball players like doing social media. So like Steph and Aisha Curry, big Pinterest fans, you can go and follow them on Pinterest. Um, but, you know, you can follow me on Pinterest. I don't have that many followers because my Pinterest boards are pretty much just about like things I like to do and I don't really expect anybody to be looking at them. Um, Necessarily, so Pinterest you would look at them, Lisa. Of oh, course, thanks, yeah, guys. Of course. As long as they're about marketing science, we're yeah, yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. But Steph Curry has got got a, a Pinterest account. I'll have to double check. I know that Aisha Curry is really big on it, so maybe they use the same account. I, I need to huh. double check on this. A and they would just post. What would they post? Yeah, like recipes. So um, food and recipes are something that's really, really popular on Pinterest. Um, a lot of people pin things about healthy recipes, you know, Whole30 recipes, um, you know, chicken recipes. And people are really interested to um, look at other people's boards of chicken recipes or um, different pins about a certain type of recipe that you're looking for. And Pinterest is great when you don't exactly know what to type in the search box, like for Google you know exactly what to type in. Maybe if you're looking for like um, sesame chicken with sesame seeds on top over white rice, you know, that's really easy to find on, on Google and you can go to a million different websites to find exactly what you want. But with Pinterest, if you're just kind of like, you know, I want something kind of like a different chicken recipe, you just type in like chicken recipe. Um, and then you just kind of scan through the photos and you're like, ah, I know. I, I just got inspired by that particular pin. I'm going to make that recipe. Oh, it's really nice when you can see the visual image of what it ends up looking like, and that helps so much. Mm -hmm, That's sure. the big differentiator about Pinterest. Yeah. Um, let me remind our audience, you're listening to Measure Thoughts with Dave Reepstein on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. And we are currently speaking to Lisa Haggerty, who's the ads measurement lead at Pinterest. And so I'm going to get to that ads measurement lead mm -hmm. and make sure I understand that. You can give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. Let me understand the business model of Pinterest because, you know, it's nice to have a site where people can put up their pictures and everything, but at some point Pinterest has to think about the revenue that they're going to be generating. Mm -hmm. um, what's the business model that we're looking at for Pinterest? Sure. So we earn revenue by selling ads. 
Um, so we have our own ad network. We don't, um, we're not on other third-party sites. So we have our own exchange. We have our own auction. So advertisers can bid um, on advertising slots within our auction in a cost per click or cost per impression basis, similar to how you would with, say, Google AdWords. But our inventory is our inventory, and what you would be buying as an advertiser is a promoted pin. So there's a couple different formats of pins, but basically it looks exactly like any other pin except there's a logo on it that says promote a pin. So you know that you're looking at an advertiser's pin rather than just a pin that someone else posted from a, their own blog or something like that. So um, it's, it's actually interesting. I was talking with Sunil earlier, and uh, I'm going to out you for a second. Fair Sunil. enough. Sunil said, are there ads on Pinterest? Because it's not overly apparent other than it says sponsored. But it's not what we would typically think of as an ad, right? Yeah. So I think that there's, um, you know, a, a kind of different ad business that Pinterest has. You know, we're in a really lucky place that um, when people are on Pinterest, they are they have some intent to do something. Maybe not right at this moment, but at some future point, they may not know exactly what that is. So it's a really good time for an advertiser to talk to a consumer about. Um, a certain product and try to influence them because you're right the pin the promoted pins look very very similar to the pins that would automatically show up in your home feed based on what you like so it's a really good place for advertisers to to be especially in the um, verticals of you know food retail fashion travel things like that so um, I'm assuming by your title that part of your job is to help those advertisers figure out is it worth my doing the advertising? Yeah. Is, is that right? Yeah, that's where the nerd part comes in. Yeah, no, no, for <laughs> sure. So I'm, I'm real curious. How do you demonstrate to an advertiser that, no, this is really worth your money to be advertising on Pinterest? What's, walk me through that. I, I think, Lisa, before, before we get to that, I think there's a gating question. And I think that we need to, in the logical structure that I'm kind of curious about, and then I think that it'll lead you nicely to this measurement question is, so we're going to talk about how you measure you know, the effect of, of these ads. But how do you figure out where to actually put the ad in terms of who are you sending these ads to? Do these companies come to you and say, these are our consumers, these are not our consumers? Do you have some data? Um, and then, of course, you know, once you've serviced that ad, now how do we measure, you know, what's the, what's the effect of that ad? Yeah, so take us through that whole structure. Sure. So um, when an advertiser wants to advertise on Pinterest, let's say it's a big box retailer, um, as many of our advertisers are, um, and they will say, you know, we're really trying to um, send, let's say, seasonal advertising, maybe for holiday products um, during the fall to um, maybe it's a certain demographic um, that they already know works for them because they've learned this from other channels. Um, perhaps it's their own CRM audience list, which we can ingest and serve only advertising to that group. Um, we can, using our internal data, so basically every pin has annotations linked to it. So if you see a holiday pin, you know, there's kind of back-end metadata on, you know, what that pin should be, how that pin should be classified. And we can show pins to people who've expressed an interest in that thing, let's say holidays. 
Um, we also have a, a bunch of other types of like different targeting techniques. You can do, say, lookalike targeting based on a seed audience and things like that. So targeting is one huge part of whoa, 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 advertising. What's, what's that? Explain that. That lookalike. Yeah. What? Explain that. Yeah. So, um, you know. If you want to look at people who look like a certain audience, whether it's your CRM audience or whether it would customer relationship management, so first party data list, um, if you wanted to find more people just like that, you could do a lookalike audience off of that. So basically, um, you know, there's a model, kind of like a prefab model that our data scientists have created that will just find more people who exhibit those characteristics. Um, and what kind of characteristics are you talking about? C clearly, when you say look-alike, you don't mean physically look-alike. Uh -huh. you, you mean they're behaviorally look-alike or what interests yeah. they might have. Exactly. Exactly and, that. Same pinning behavior, maybe same demographics based on what we know about them. How do you know people's demographics? Well, um, a lot of it is probabilistic modeling on our end. We do ask you a couple of questions when you sign up on the platform. Um, so yeah, we do know a little bit about you, not to the extent that Google or Facebook knows about you probably, but um, no, we do know some things about you. And it would be some demographics, some types of things that we've posted mm -hmm. and what might be similar about that? That's the primary um, data source that we have because behavioral data is really the treasure trove of data. You know, demographics, you know, and people who work in mass media channels know that demographics aren't really end-all be-all. No one's really buying, you know, women um, 25 to 39 anymore. You know, if you can avoid it, you really want to kind of go based on the behavioral data if you can. So yeah, that's where Pinterest is able to place so strongly. Um, and, and I see we have a caller on the line right now, and uh, and it, it happens to be um, Misty. So, uh, Misty, welcome. Glad to have you with us. I am so excited to speak with you all today. Thanks. Well, thank you. You're calling in from Nashville. Um, how can we help you? Right. Uh, it's my name is Mitzi, and I am Mitzi C on Pinterest. If anybody wants to look look me up, but. Um, um, I enjoy Pinterest so much, and I, for your um, speaker today, uh, the way I explain it to friends to help them grasp the concept of Pinterest is that I create a magazine um, for each category. So if I even create a magazine for the color pink, my sister-in-law did that, uh, or for lighting and uh, any kind of architectural uh, thing I'm looking for, or food, or cocktails. I'm creating it like a, a magazine, and I just wanted to share that with uh, with your speaker today, and see if that's a, a great way to think about it. Uh, so I have a, quite a few followers, and it it is private. That's why I like it. Also, it's not me worrying about other people looking at me, but um, I love to share ideas and. Visual, obviously. Lisa, Lisa's nodding very provenly. Lisa, what do you have to say about this? I love this. this. Misty, thank you so much for your call. I love to hear that. I think um, the way that you explained it is awesome. You know, I think a magazine for your life, yeah, a magazine for your what you're interested in at the moment is is awesome. I haven't heard about um, a bo uh, pin board with just a color, but I'm definitely going to check you out after. Look at your pink board and, and your other boards, too. Uh, th that's that's great, and it sounds like you're using it just right. And um, what benefit do you get from that, uh, by the way, Mitzi? I uh, focus on um, projects, so if I'm uh, looking for a special piece of artwork or uh, interior design for my home, I'm not a professional, but I have helped friends, and I enjoy the interaction and enjoy architecture, so if you love to visit Palm Springs, for example, I have a, a website, I'm not, um, excuse me, a board called P.S. I Love You, 
So when my friends say, oh, I'm going out to Palm Springs this weekend, I said, oh, look at my board. This is my favorite restaurant, the best margarita in the world. And so it's, it's just a great reference. And, and I live in Nashville, uh, so a lot of people come to visit us, and I pin all my favorite restaurants and uh, shops, and then I don't have to repeat it or write it down or email it. So it's easy to look at on the go also through the app. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and Mitzi, thank you very much for letting our listeners sort of visualize the website and how it is that you do it. And you may get a little bit more traffic if people are, uh, are going to look you up. So thank oh, you great. very much for for calling thank in. Really, really appreciate yes, it. Thank you. Love the subject matter today. Great to speak with both of you. Well, great. Thank you. Uh, Lisa, get me to the question. How do you demonstrate <laughs> to advertisers that it's yeah. worth their well? Definitely. So, um, so there is kind of a, a three-pronged uh, approach, I would say, when it comes to measuring different campaigns. Um, I, because I would say that more or less um, advertisers have one of three different objectives, really, when they want to advertise on Pinterest. One is for kind of um, brand health, maybe instead of TV or maybe doing instead of like a really big canvassing on another digital platform, you might come to Pinterest and just say, hey, we have you know, a new product coming out, um, or we just want to, I don't know, just show our brand to some eyeballs. We want it to be more of a branding campaign. We'll do some survey analysis. So we'll send a survey to a group that was exposed advertising on Pinterest, and we'll send that same exact survey um, asking questions about that brand to a group of people on Pinterest but did not see that advertising. Um, and then we will actually partner with a third party, Millward Brown, to help us do that analysis and ultimately figure out what incremental increase in awareness or purchase intent did we get out of that campaign um, you know, based on those survey results. So that's kind of one set. And do you connect that increase in awareness to revenue? That they might, it's sort of the question I asked in the first half mm -hmm. hour that you, you were sitting in and, and heard. Can you tell me what a point of awareness is worth in terms of revenue? Yeah, so it's really hard to do for a branding campaign, um, especially when we have so much other data for the other two kind of buckets of analysis um, where we can tie it directly to business results. That for, for branding campaigns, it's a little tougher. We, we can do that, but it's, it's on a much smaller population when we run these surveys. So it's harder to kind of extrapolate that a certain campaign, you know, um, cause an increase in awareness if it's really just a pure branding campaign. Sure. But I can talk about the other two. Okay, let's hear about the other two. Yeah, so um, I guess one whole area is looking at what people are doing online after they go to Pinterest. So it's basically looking at those mid-funnel metrics of consideration. Are people going to the advertiser's website? Um, mm -hmm. So in order for us to do that tracking, they need to place our Pinterest pixel on their site. So it's basically just a line of code Every time you go to a website, you probably are going, there's probably many different tags on there from many different companies trying to do analysis, sure. um, including, you know, DoubleClick is kind of the big one. Um, so we can sort of attribute, in the same fashion that I was talking about before with the test control audience, we can look at the lift in traffic for people who saw advertising versus who didn't. Okay, and so you get to see who goes to the site and how many more people yeah. are, are considering that site. Yeah. And, and that's only if they put the pixel on. Exactly. So any idea what percent actually use the pixel? Oh, I 
don't know, but I would say for all of our performance-driven advertisers, meaning people who want to tie it back to the business metrics, they pretty much all do. Because I guess the, the third piece is we can actually look at the purchases as well. So we can do that by looking at um, a certain type of tag that's put on their site where we can look at their checkout behavior. Also, we can partner with third parties that have access to other data sources to basically do exactly what you asked at the beginning, which is what is you know that um, return on ad spend? You know, what is the, the dollar amount associated with advertising to that person on Pinterest? Absolutely fa uh, fascinating, really amazing to hear. It is something that is closely measured and uh, and you do look at it very, very closely. You've got the metrics for it. I think it's fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us on the program today. I'm Dave Reepstein. We'd like to thank both of our guests and all of our listeners. Also like to thank program director Patty Hall, producer Matthew Datz, sound engineer Tatiana Zamas, and also our uh, guest Charlene Agoto, producer. So thank you very much. I'm Dave Reepstein. You've been listening to Measure Thoughts with Dave Reepstein, a business radio powered by the Business School and Sirius XM. Thank you.